Good evening and welcome to another episode of That Which Does Not Kill Us. I am your host, Sarah Arnold, and uh, I want to start this new season with a story, okay? And what this story is, is uh, <laughs> what I'll refer to casually as my summer romance. So, hey, let me backtrack a little bit and tell you how that went. So, I uh, created an alternate uh, social media profile this summer because of some issues with getting a ban, right? And uh, in the process of this, I ended up uh, striking up conversation with uh, somebody that I'd known, an acquaintance. Um, so we had talked um, a lot over that time frame um, after, like, he basically wanted to verify that it was me and not some, like, random person stealing my information. And so we just started talking. And uh, while we were talking, we just kind of... Like, we hit it off really well. Um, things went really smoothly. Uh, we talked about a lot of different things. And uh, after that, our casual conversations became pretty consistent. And so we were in what those people like to call the talking stage, right? And after, I don't know, I think it was probably a couple weeks in the talking stage, uh, we made plans for him to come visit because... Uh, he he lived uh, one state and four hours away, basically, which this is, uh, yeah. So here's the funny thing about this, right? Um, in all of my romantic endeavors that I have uh, partaken in, and I use this term kind of loosely, I have never um, connected with anybody that I run the risk of seeing in my day-to-day -day life. Um, I don't know if this is a coincidence or if this is some kind of a subconscious level of, you know what I mean, not being um, ready, willing, or capable of dealing with that caliber of a situation in uh, a consistent fashion on a day-to-day -day basis right in front of my face. Um, either way, <laughs> I've not managed to connect with somebody in that way that is, uh, you know, within walking distance, so to speak. Anyhow, so... He comes and visits, so we have a really nice time, you know, just reconnecting and what have you. And then he goes back home. And we just maintain this, you know, consistent, um, I guess I would say growing relationship, for lack of a better term. Like, we didn't really um, iron out details in stone, per se, but I guess I would go so far as to say in my mind, like, things were developing nicely. We made, you know, future plans, you know, to get together and things to that effect. And this went on uh, for a while during the summer. Um, he made a few trips here. I made a few trips there. Um, and one of the things that I noticed while this was developing is uh, something that I don't think I have ever consciously experienced before. Like, I'm sure I have on a subconscious level, but it's not, it's not been at the forefront of my mind where I've had an awareness of it happening while it's happening. And that would be... Uh, <clears throat> enjoying the moment for what it is and just being present in the moment. And um, what I will say about this is uh, during this time frame, this was uh, an observation that I had made on multiple occasions was uh, how I was able to just be in the moment and enjoy that for exactly what it was in the moment. And it was pretty consistent. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, didn't really establish any expectations or anything to that effect we were just kind of 
connecting, you know, like it was nice. Um, anyhow, like, so around the same time that this is happening in my, um, regular day-to-day -day life, this is the same time frame that I'm developing, I would guess I would say a consistent friendship, um, with my ex in the aftermath of our divorce, right? And, like, I will also say that in the context of that, like, it's really strange because the person that I was dealing with on a most consistent basis that understood where I was in my life was the person that I had separated from. Um, so, you know, like, I had a unique outlet, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it, of being able to connect with another human being about the challenges that I was experiencing in life and being able to do that with somebody that understood where I was coming from because I, we were both coming from a place of, you know, um, I guess I would say figuring out who am I in the aftermath of uh, a long-term commitment that ceased to exist, right? And so things continued, um, both with the guy that I was seeing and, um, in these like random ass hangout sessions where I was basically like teaching my ex to sew and we just do stupid shit, like going out and binge buying shoes that nobody needs. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's the kinds of things that you would expect girl friends that are girls or girlfriends, you know what I mean? To do together. Like that's pretty much the kinds of um, activities we were participating in you know? And, um, what's funny though is another weird parallel that was happening at the same time, right? Is that my ex was also reconnecting with somebody from their past as well. And so it was just really weird, like really coincidentally fucking peculiar. But, um, so that would be another one of the things that we would kind of like, you know what I mean? Compare notes on. And, um, so at some point or another in this, I happened to receive feedback from um, both my ex and my boss about how happy I seemed. And uh, I think this was like the first, um, I wouldn't say red flag, but this was the first um, thing that kind of set me off uh, mentally <laughs> was being made aware of my own happiness. Like, like I, I knew I was content, but I didn't, I didn't know to the effect of it being pointed out to me, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it. And so, um, there's this, um, happiness, right. That I was experiencing. Um, you can couple this with a certain sense of mourning and, um, betrayal like so i'll try to explain this to the best of my ability right like i don't know how well i've elaborated this point or even if i have because i'm really terrible about not going back through and listening to these things um after i tell the story on my little audio recorder um but um so one of the things that i've been struggle or i had struggled with i don't think i'm really struggling with it in the same capacity now that I was then is, um, so in these trips, right? The, the last two that I had taken were considerably longer, right? And in those trips, um, 
the biggest observation that I made, and I think this really terrified me. Like, I, I don't, I wouldn't say scared because I, like, I really don't think the word scared is um, as effective and it doesn't really uh, express the same emotion that is really needed for the circumstance. Okay. Like the thing that terrified me was when I realized that, um, these little getaway trips where I was spending time with this man, um, what they were is they were essentially a window into what domestic life would be like with this individual. Okay. Like this, this is like, you know what I mean? A glimpse into what could be a future, you know? And there was a uh, one point, and I think this is when I realized this consciously, um, that I, what I was really struggling with was a sense like I was betraying my dead husband, so to speak. And I say that, like, I'm pretty sure I brought this up at some point or another in these, maybe I haven't, whatever. Um, my last divorce to me, like, kind of has me feeling like a mix of a widow and a divorcee. And I say that because, like, well, yes, I know the person that I'm, like, you know what I mean? The person that I married, hypothetically, yes, is still alive. Um, at the end of the day, they're not the same person that I married because the person that I married was a fallacy. Um, and, like, there are similar attributes, but they're not the same person. And at the end of the day, like this is the way I say it to a lot of people and it sounds kind of cold and it sounds kind of harsh, but it's the fucking truth from my perception. And that is like, my husband is dead. Like my husband is never coming back. I will never see my husband again. Okay. So that's, that's what I say when I mean like a widow, because like, I don't know, like that's, that's the person that I like, I have both negative and positive memories with, but, um, I don't know. It's hard to elaborate on that into too much detail. Um, but at the same time though, um, so something that I, uh, have embedded in me, I guess for lack of a better term is this, it's like this overpronounced sense of loyalty. Okay. And I'll backtrack this and say, so here's the thing about me and this, you know, like, it's like, it's almost like it's a fucking burden, realistically speaking, because I feel like there are some people that I give this to that don't deserve it. Um, a plethora of them actually, but, um, I have this sense of loyalty, you know, that's just overpronounced. And the reason why is because my life was literally upended by an act of disloyalty. Like that, you know what I mean? That was essentially what caused, you know, my parents' divorce was my, my dad, um, getting involved with somebody else and then basically, uh, kicking us out of the house and, you know what I mean? Going and getting with this other person. So I mean that very literally, like my life was literally like upended and changed very negatively by an act of disloyalty. So <laughs> what this has imprinted upon my young impressionable mind when this occurred is that being disloyal is bad. Okay. Like at all costs, just like, this is not an okay behavior. So this is something that I carry with me, you know, is this 
like it's almost like a fucking righteous sense of loyalty it's borderline disgusting sometimes um and so in these moments i felt as though like there was some part of me that was like i felt like i was betraying my dead spouse you know by by not just by the experience that i was having um it really wasn't the experience itself what it was really tied to was the desire for more of that you know what i mean like the de like the desire like i i wanted to continue this relationship i wanted to grow this relationship and i wanted to experience more of what i was having in those moments with this person and I think that was the point in which I felt as though I was being disloyal to my spouse, even though we weren't married at that time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's still, there's still, um, like a mental roadblocks that you, that I have to get through to not feel that way or that I had to get through to not feel that way rather, you know, in wanting to have those things with somebody new and, um, like when this hit me, like I, it, I promise you, it didn't hit me all articulated and intellectualized. Like I just explained it instead. It just hit me in like a wave of emotion during one of these trips. So I just, you know what I mean? Like I kind of just went outside to myself cause he was fucking sleeping. Cause you know, I didn't pre-plan things that well. So he was still like working and that's what I mean when I say like, this is, this is literally a glimpse of what domestic life would be like. Cause he was still working. I wasn't, I was on vacation and you know, we were staying in a little Airbnb and that was really nice. And like, I just had like, when all of these feelings hit me, like I just had to go be by myself, you know, and like process, you know, what I was experiencing. And I think one of the things that made this, um, I guess I would say more intense than it needed to be was the fact that I was still in consistent communication with my ex. So, you know what I mean? It, it just put things in a really weird light. Um, but so at the end of this trip after like he had made some comment, um, it wasn't bad. It was actually like, he was really awkward. Um, like really, really awkward. Let me just say, but, um, he had made some off comment, um, when I was leaving from that, um, trip to head home and what <laughs> this speaks to my mental state. Okay. And I, this is another thing I don't know how to make better, but whatever, like the comment that he made, like there was something about it like my like hypersensitive mind immediately took it to like like this is this is like a uh, this is a cue or you know what i mean of like it's over like that's exactly where i took it to like right the fuck away and i thought about that the entirety of my drive home is like okay it's over and then when i get home there is this reminder that comes up on facebook you know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't know if I've told y'all I have abandonment trauma. Like it's pretty intense. <laughs> I didn't realize how bad it was until recently, like really how bad and like how embedded this really, really is into my psyche. But, um, so like, right, like not long after I got home from this trip, it might've been a day, 
might have been two. Um, I get on Facebook and some of my Facebook memories um, give me the lovely reminder that five years ago was the last time I had seen my nephew alive. And like, I mean, we had really only seen each other. Like it was like ships passing in the night because he had came in. I can't remember if it was the day before or the day that we left to go back to Illinois. And so, um, that was clearly something else that struck a chord in its own way because of, you know what I mean? Like everything that I'm processing pertaining to that, um, it, it hits like really hard. I mean, like, I know it sounds terrible. Like I have a friend that's gone through a divorce recently. That's pretty much like, just like, like deleted their Facebook and got a new one. And like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I, in, in theory, I absolutely love that fucking idea. And I really wish that I could do that. Like I really do. But the thing that I'm not willing to let go of is like the fact that like, so like I can be friends with any other motherfucker on a new Facebook, but like, I, you know what I mean? Like I, I can't friend my nephew again. Cause he's not like, he's not here to accept my friend request. You know, I don't have, um, and any of those, uh, memories of, you know, the limited time that we got together, um, they're not there. And so, rather than going that route, which I would love to, because there's a thousand fucking things, you know, from my time with my ex that I would like to not see every day. Um, instead I've chosen to <laughs> dig deep and just start deleting shit. Like every day I'll pop, like memories will pop up of old posts and things. I'm like, delete, 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 delete. So it's the closest thing to a happy medium that I can find. But, um, anyhow, so in the aftermath of this, I reach out and I let him know how I'm feeling. Basically that, you know what I mean? Like I, you know, I see the potential for a future and I would like to, you know what I mean? Like I would like to explore this and, uh, but at the same time, like, you know what I mean? I, ex I expressed that I was feeling overwhelmed and, you know, all of the other feelings that I had attached to this, you know, except for the whole, like being disloyal to my spouse thing. I never got that for um, but so I expressed these things and what was fascinating to me is while he said that he, he didn't feel as though he, um, was over his ex and he was in a place to start something in that serious at the same time, in the context of these conversations we were having, he was also validating the fact that I had feelings and that it's a good thing that I, you know what I mean? It's good. Like, I felt like I basically ruined something by having a fucking conversation while on the flip side, he's basically telling me that I have a right to my feelings and that it's a good thing that I spoke up about them. And so it's a really weird, complex kind of scenario, but we also had, um, established plans 30 days out and, you know, he, he had basically stated that, uh, you know, like the invitation still stands and whatever. And so, like, I, I don't know, I thought over that for 30 days and decided to go ahead and follow through with them. And during that time frame, he maintained consistent communication. So, like, at first I was under the impression that we had broke up 
and I was, you know, really sad about this. But then based on the consistent communication that followed, I thought, okay, well, maybe this isn't a breakup. Maybe this is just, you know what I mean? Like he has hesitation and cold feet and we had a fight. Okay, whatever. And so that played out. Uh, turned out my first instinct was right, not my second. But um, what I noticed in the context of all of this is a really unhealthy behavior pattern that I have established. And uh, that would be that uh, what I have a tendency to do is that uh, if I think I am going to be abandoned or if I think I am being abandoned or if I have a desire for like legitimate connection with another human being in a romantic capacity, like my fight or flight response will be triggered and my, my automatic response is to run away. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's like, I have to remove myself from whatever the perceived threat is, um, to my safety. Because to me, like on a subconscious level, to me, this engaging in this is unsafe. You know what I mean? Engaging in a legitimate emotional connection with somebody is unsafe. And I don't know how to break this habit. Because the glaringly obvious um, thing that I'm realizing is that this behavior in and of itself makes me an unsafe person. And <laughs> but I don't know how to be better about it completely. Um, like, because the, sh it's terrifying. Like, you know what I mean? Like the sheer terror that this, you know, once this is a conscious thought, like, or a conscious feeling, whatever, like, um, it is so encapsulating and overwhelming. Like the only thing I can think of to do when I have these feelings is to go isolate in my safe space. And when I say isolate, I mean like isolate, like I will not talk to people. I will turn off, you know what I mean? Like it's pretty brutal. Like I will remove all forms of social media from my phone and I will turn off all notifications for any kind of other, you know, like messaging systems or like my ringtone. And then there'll be a do not disturb alarm set on, or a do not disturb thing set on my phone for like 12 out of the 24 hours in a day. And it's like, it's really difficult because it's basically operating in a consistent heightened state where like my fight or flight response is triggered and it's for prolonged periods of time. You know, um, I've had it happen where it's happened for like a couple months. I've had it happen where it's been like four months where it's just everything, any kind of, you know, any kind of outside stimulation is too overwhelming to my nervous system. And so the only thing I do is I go to my safe space and like, while I will say that it seems as though the triggers are few and far between, they still exist. And this is still my pattern, um, is to run 
from whatever that thing is. Um, like, yeah, uh, I don't know how to be better about this. Like, I really am trying, but, like, I guess what I'm really trying to say is, like, I don't know how to turn it down. You know, like that overwhelm, like it's, it's like that overwhelming feeling of being overstimulated by whatever the perceived threat is, you know, like, I don't know how to turn that down. And that's what I really need to learn. I think, and able to have any kind of a healthy relationship <laughs> that is of any romantic capacity, because as it stands right now, I don't have what it takes to do that. So, yeah, I don't know. This is something I'm contemplating on being better about. So, I don't know. So that's my summer romance. Um, it ended. <laughs> I'm sure you're not surprised after listening to that story. Um, yeah, and uh, so that's what I have for tonight. Uh, thank you for joining me and be well.